Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, and you're listening to Alligator Preserves. I have a very special episode today in commemoration of Memorial Day 2018. I'm going to read an excerpt from an essay written by my West Point mentor, Colonel Patrick C. Hoy II, with his permission. So please stay tuned to hear these thoughts from a Vietnam veteran and a most amazing West Point English professor. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Pat Hoy posted this essay on Facebook on May 27th, 2018, taken from an essay he had written 19 years ago, and he says, These words still sound deep within me even today, especially today. They also speak, I believe, to the nation's welfare and ours. With his permission, I read this excerpt from Patrick C. Hoy II's essay. At 19, I left a small town in South Arkansas to begin a life of soldiering. I did not leave under the spell of romance. The calling was deeper. My two older half-brothers had already been to war. One lived to come home from Egypt, the other, blown to bits in the sky over Germany, enjoys the honor of an empty grave in Luxembourg. News of his death on January 1st, 1945, came to me outside my first-grade classroom when I was six. My father also disappeared around that time. Patrick Cleburne Hoy, named after his own father's commanding general from an earlier war, fell under the compelling influence of a woman he carried around in his head. She set him on a chase, and as far as I can tell, He never found a real woman to match the specter in his head, never guessed that what he was searching for was deep within himself, muffled in the whispers he never came to understand. He was unable to deal with the destructiveness that accompanied the chase, yet I suspect that the losses he suffered mattered less to him than the relief he occasionally won over loneliness." He sought communion on a level that was strictly personal. The nation, like his family, played no part in it. My mom left me a different inheritance, a love complicated by her own need to compensate for her considerable losses. It was she who sent me off to West Point, she who had already lost a son to war. Now, forty years later, I can see that she justified her earlier loss against the nation's needs, that having sacrificed her flesh and blood, she could still believe in an idea of community that bound her to the nation and to all those others in the small Arkansas town where she rests today under the warm spring breezes, secure in the ninety years she lived to enjoy the community's blessings." But I know, too, that sending me off to a life of soldiering was tainted by her own need for compensation. In her mind, I would represent her, 
I would serve and she would be honored. We sacrifice one thing and get another. National service is particularly complicated because when we first enter into it, we are so young that we have to trust those enlisting us. We have to sense that they are not misusing us, just as they have to do everything in their power to earn our trust. And always we look back, all of us do, for a reckoning. Recently, my wife and I had a conversation that we should have had in 1969 when I returned from Vietnam. We didn't know how to have it then, for nothing in our lives had prepared us for reconciliation in the aftermath of war. The U.S. Army had readied us only for separation. I asked Anne what it had felt like that day in Little Rock when she took me to the airport and sent me away for a second time for what the Army called a short tour, a stretch of duty without wife and children. When I left for Vietnam, Patrick and Tim, our sons, were a few months shy of five and two. Patrick had been born while I was in Korea. I hadn't seen him until he was nearly a year old. During those years of soldiering, we had all learned about denial, about flipping the switches that divert attention from one another to more immediate demands. The job, our private need for self-satisfaction, the family's pressing activities. The photo from that day in Little Rock when I left for Vietnam shows us all in sunglasses. We were finding our own ways to separation closing ourselves off from the dangerous revelations of emotion. When Anne made her way back to the car from the airport, she sat behind the wheel as waves of panic started in her feet and worked their way up her body. A voice within told her she couldn't do this again. She sat for a long, long time until she heard the children calling and then she knew she had to turn the key to start the motor. She had to do it again, and yet again, if need be. The drive home gave her time to adjust, and after she rejoined her parents and the children, she moved swiftly into patterns that would fence her off from the feelings and permit her to get through the days, one at a time. Today, I'm still flipping the switches, wondering why it took me 27 years to ask her about her war experiences, 27 years to have a conversation about the destructive aftershock of a war that left each of us deeply scarred for life. Back home, after my years away, I felt a need for quiet and solitude. I had returned from an adventure I had been preparing for all my life, and yet Vietnam hadn't satisfied my longings. It had done nothing to confirm my worth as a man or as a soldier, for there was no nation to serve. At home, the children's insistent chatter, the neighbors' indifference to my time away, the wine and congestion of traffic set my teeth on edge. I did not know how to be home, how to talk about, or how to avoid talking about what had happened to me in the war, my war. Yet the changes were barely discernible. I was a master at tucking my soul away, and so was Anne. We moved on. It took us more than a quarter of a century to settle into conversational intimacy 
patriotic self-abnegation had taken its toll, and yet late middle age has brought with it a new land of fullness, what Gretchen Ulrich associates with the double voice of autumn, the blazing rich fecundity that signals the fall into winter. I look back on my life and wish, in the words of Bob Seeger's song, I didn't know now what I didn't know then, almost 40 years ago when I embraced a life of soldiering. But service called me at 19, and it could call me now, as the ocean does. I could never wish for my own sons a life of soldiering, but I want them to sense deep in their bones a commitment strong enough to call them beyond self-interest. At the same time, I want them to be spared the higher costs of self-abnegation. I wish only to leave them a legacy of knowing, along with a heightened awareness that will permit them to attend the whispers, to hear in those ancient promptings within themselves what I could barely discern at their age about adventure and community and the will to survive. I want them not to forget as I want us all not to forget what it takes to create a nation's character and unity. For in that creation, we still bind ourselves one to another, even when in the binding there is danger and excitement and sometimes death. This ends the excerpt from Homage to Vietnam in the Virginia Quarterly Review from Pat C. Hoy II. To my listeners out there, I do hope you're enjoying this episode, a Memorial Day tribute, and the essay I, I just read from my West Point mentor, who was at the time Colonel Pat C. Hoy, is now just Pat to me. That's what he said anyway. I hope you'll consider becoming a patron of me on the Alligator Preserves podcast. Go to patreon.com slash alligator preserves. For as little as a dollar a month, you can continue to get my podcast episodes. And at the $3 a month level, you'll get a unique short story written and narrated by me every month. Only those level patrons will get that. So go to Alligator Preserves on Patreon and check out what you might get for it. Now, stay tuned as I talk a little bit about my thoughts this Memorial Day weekend. Pat's essay brings up so many questions, so many emotions. The first time I read it, I knew I'd have to read it several times before reading it aloud, because when I got to this passage, today I'm still flipping the switches, wondering why it took me 27 years to ask about her war experiences, 27 years to have a conversation about the destructive aftershock of a war that left each of us deeply scarred for life. When I read that, I cried. Mike and I attended a Memorial Day service today in Leadville, down at the Veterans Memorial Cemetery, and it's always extraordinarily moving, particularly because friends of ours, Brad and Rochelle Palmer, lost their son, Nicholas Palmer, at the age of 19, back in 2006, in the war in Iraq, a week before Christmas. Today, his brother, Dustin, 
presented a powerful and powerfully moving speech about service and sacrifice and family. Pat Hoy's essay reminds us about the sacrifices that families make and the tragic consequences many families endure when family members return or don't return from war. I remember wondering and worrying about Mike when he was deployed to Panama for Operation Just Cause. I was also a company commander at the time. Three months pregnant, though I hadn't told anyone, and I had a miscarriage New Year's Eve while he was down in Panama. So fortunate to have my parents come and stay with me and, and Mike's parents as well. Yet I don't believe I've ever felt so lonely in my life. Mike and his unit remained down there long after it was announced to the world that everyone was redeployed. And for a while, I thought he might never come back. But I was a lucky one. He did. And in my nine years of active duty service in the Army, my overseas deployments were only for training. When Mike and I were fortunate enough to have our own two sons, Nicholas and Jacob, I knew that we both wanted for them what Pat Hoy wanted for his sons, for them to sense deep in their bones a commitment strong enough to call them beyond self-interest, for them not to forget what it takes to create a nation's character and unity. And I wonder how many families instill those values in their children today. The ideals of duty, honor, and country were instilled in us as cadets at West Point. Not that many of us who joined the military don't already have those ideals somewhere in our upbringing or genetics. And so this Memorial Day weekend, and not just this Memorial Weekend, but every weekend, every day, I would ask my listeners out there to consider what it means to serve more than yourself. And I want to take this opportunity to thank Pat Hoy, who, by the way, was an amazing mentor to me when I was at West Point. Never will I forget the challenge he presented me when I was thinking about leaving West Point my sophomore year. I remember talking to him about the challenges I was having. They were too many to mention. And he told me, if you have to change who you are in order to stay here, if you have to change who you are inside in order to stay here, then you have no choice but to leave. His words were profound, and I graduated in 1983. Such a lifetime ago, and I really do not believe, sir, Colonel Hoy, sir, Pat, that you ever knew how much you influenced my decision to stay. I also have to credit my brother-in-law here, Jim Russo, who asked me, when are you going to finish something after I had finished three semesters at Smith College and then three semesters at West Point? <laughs> it was a good question. So from the very center of my heart, I want to thank my friends, my family, everyone who helped and motivated and inspired and encouraged me throughout my term of service in the Army. And I uh, really want to thank Pat Hoy for allowing me to share 
this excerpt from his remarkable essay, I would encourage you to share it with everyone you know. I will post links and photos on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and others, I do hope that you will subscribe to Alligator Preserves wherever you get your podcasts. And please patronize me on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves and check out the rewards you will receive for becoming my patron. And now I need to suggest some preserves to go with your hamburger and hot dog extravaganza this weekend. How about, how about hot pepper jelly? Yeah, I think that would go great. Until next time, when I will talk about something completely different, remember the soldiers and their families who continue to serve and who have gone before us. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.